Oomkid Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the summer of 1947, a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts battled the forces of evil in the skies over America. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Exploitation of Thomas Galen. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she had just shot down the beast. <laughs> Unfortunately, the beast's damaged rocket ship left plumes of blue smoke clouding her vision. I can't see anything but blue. Uh, sky or smoke? Both. And that ain't gonna help me find the beast. As Dixie circled around and around, trying to locate her target, the rest of Brassy Battalion were occupied with troubles of their own. Just across the New Jersey border, Cornelius had landed at Teterboro Airport, owned and operated by the United States Air Force. Borrowing a jeep from our boys in uniform, he headed off in search of Joseph Scalzetti. Old Corny's coming for you, son. Hang on. Meanwhile, Ursula Unger and Radolf Pelzer had done a brief flyby of Central Park and could not gain confirmation on Reginald Billingsley's state of being. I cannot see him. Perhaps he is hiding. I cannot see him. Perhaps he is dead. We must be sure. I am as sure as something which is often correct. He is dead. I hope not. Why? Because then we can't kill him. <laughs> he has always been rude to us. Rudeness bothers you. I believe in a polite society. But the terrible twosome was about to discover they were not alone. Look there! It's Brassy Battalion. Just one of them! We have numbers on our side! But we must find Billingsley! I tell you, he is dead! Get back here or I will whip you until your eyes bleed. But it was no American they had spotted. It was the burly, brawny Benedict Adarchenko. Benedict spotted the ebony Focke-Wolf 190s coming around and nearly every fiber of his being wanted to rush in and teach those Nazis a lesson. The longer they are in the air, the longer innocents are in danger. But he also knew he was outmatched and the odds were not in his favor. They are faster, more agile, and bulletproof. And there are two of them. And there are two of them, da. Realizing his adversaries had turned their sights on him, he had just the opportunity he'd been looking for. Live to fight another day. And with that, Benedict turned his plane around, poured on the speed, and flew right in the opposite direction. The coward! He runs! His tail is exposed! We have him! I admit that is tempting. Let him taste the might of Scar. But we do it quickly. Billingsley awaits. And on the other side of the city, in the skies over the newly renamed LaGuardia Field, Thomas Galen and Lily LaRue had their hands full, trying to fend off an attack from their impolite pursuers. Impolite? That is the least of what I am. 
can't believe you turned on us. Again! Oh, sure you can, Pope. It's what I do. Were you ever really on our side? I'm beginning to wonder. I like wonder. Do you wonder what I like? Everything! Except cheese. Too cheesy. Oh, quit blathering and shoot already. I like shooting. They're coming by for another pass. Return fire. With pleasure, Lil. <laughs> Bulletproof hull, sweetheart. I have more weapons at my disposal. Oh, bollocks. Oh. She dodged it. Eh? Dodge what? Oh, oh. He's got a parachute. Come on, we've got to go after him. We cannot leave a Nazi running loose in New York. I'll go after him. But what about Nev? It's time I dealt with her. Once and for all. And now, a word from our sponsor, the Kaleidoscopic Umket Industries. I wonder, good friend, if you could tell us what fine product or service we might hear tell about today. Well, sir, I can tell you it has to do with color. Everyone likes color. Indeed they do. Is it paint? Not quite. Ink? Absolutely not. Crayons? I'm not even close. Tell me. It's margarine. Marge? What? Not Marge what, my good man? Marge, um... It's you! Of course it is I! The amazing Noah. He's amazing, he's astounding. Not a charlatan, not confounding. The amazing Noah. The amazing Noah! Famed mentalist and futuristic predictor extraordinaire. The one and the same. And as always... By his side is comely and short-skirted. Miss Fortune Divine. The amazing Noel and Miss Fortune Divine. Together at last and now for all time. How fortuitous for us that you should appear. And right when we most needed you. Yes, that is exactly what I do. But can you tell us why Marjorie needs color? Of course he can, you numbskull. He's amazing. Will you tell us why Marjorie needs color? But of course I shall. Today? Don't rush him. Divining the answers you seek takes time. Yes, I'm getting something. It needs color because elsewise it is colorless. That makes a lot of sense. He makes a lot of sense. Things without color are so colorless. And serving white margarine would cause you great distress. Well, now you just hold on for two shakes of a goat's beard. I've seen margarine, my good man, and it's a delightful yellow color. Looks just like butter. You two aren't in kitchens much, are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, ma'am. Margarine is artificial, you see, and originated as a white, gelatinous emulsion. Well, that sure would look unappetizing on Sally Housewife's dinner table. And how. But color packets in other inferior margarines are a big mess, and no one wants that hassle. If I had a nickel 
for every time I turn my fingers yellow when coloring my margarine, well, I'd be a yellow-fingered millionaire. Attention, homemakers! Now you do not, I repeat, not need a mixing bowl to color your margarine. Ugh, a bowl? Who has bowls? That's so inconvenient. The sensational new Marge Um Color Pack Margarine ends mixing bowl mess. And less margarine mess means more time to clean up all your other many messes. Let's face it, you're a slob. Now, Marge Um the Margarine and Color Bearquette, our advanced scientific coloring berry, are both inside the same sealed packet. Color Burkett makes your margarine so merry. Picks them up now, marvel at the color berry. And you know, Color Burkett is the same coloring technology, packed into a berry shape that's used to color all umkablanka coverall paints. So you know it's completely colorific. And all you need to do is simply pinch the color barquette inside the bag and then knead the marjum margarine packet. Knead it? You knead the marjum and our scientific color briquette. Marjum must be kneaded, that is what it needs. It needs to be kneaded, knead is what it needs. And then Marge Um will perhaps blend to a delicious golden color, fooling all your friends and neighbors into thinking you are feeding them real butter. How handy dandy! Butter from genuine uncut bovines would cost much more than this collection of emulsified vegetable oils. I just hear that makes my stomach uh, growl. Mmm, cat, emulsified vegetable oils. Mmm, mmm, mmm. And if you're very lucky, you might just find one of our, oh, let's call them accidentally special bearquettes with a color you'd not previously expect in your margarine. <gasps> that sounds futuristic. And you know who's good at futuristic predictions? Wait, wait, I'm getting something. Me! You! Pinch your little bearcat, we tell you And listen, the delicious country sweet flavor and freshness of marjum are sealed right into the packet for you. Well, right here, in this beautiful natural plastic bag. And you need that plastic bag? Oh, yes. I need the plastic bag. And I just pinched the color briquette, our very own color berry technology. It's, um... Mauve! Mauve margarine! What could be better? It rolls right off the tongue! And it's all perfectly edible? My good man, it must be. Well, I'll just... Scoop some up! I don't think eating a handful of mauve margarine is the best idea. I don't think eating a handful of any margarine is the best idea. Oh, you silly boys. It's fine. See? It rolls <clears throat> right off my tongue. Yes, I can see that. It's a mommy mess. <laughs> oh, it tastes like briquette. Uh, 
That's not... Didn't they say those were paint colored palettes? She merely means the flavor is so astounding that our astonishing color, Bearquette technology, will be the new slang term for all margarine. Because it's just that good. Oh! Soon all good margarine will be referred to as some good Bearquette. Yes. Ah, it all makes sense now. Oh, of course. <laughs> Pass the burquette. I'd like some more burquette. <laughs> uh, bananas. It sure is having a profound effect on misfortune. She is delirious with excitement. <laughs> I like socks. And she also likes marjum and the color burquette. Marjum. Bearcat! Ask for the new Marge Um Color Bearcat Packet tomorrow. And who knows what color your margarine may end up, or what profound effects it may have on you. <laughs> I think I can see sound. Excelsior! Give us one more prediction. I'm getting something. Yes. Yes! Fashions will be identical for men and women alike in the new unisex trend. I will look stunning in heels, and you, sir, will look quite fetching in a skirt. And don't say you won't, because I predict you will! That's amazing, Noel! I know! We now rejoin our program as Thomas prepares to battle Nev for the first time. For the last time. No arguments here. Thomas and Nev weaved and rolled and dodged their way through a heart-pounding dogfight, neither able to gain the upper hand. Give me time, and I will prevail. <laughs> like hell you will. Nev's flame was bulletproof, making her a tough nut to crack. That's the only thing keeping her alive at this point. That may indeed be true, dear listeners, as Nev isn't half the pilot our beloved Thomas Galen is, and couldn't get in a good shot at him. Well, it's not fair. I haven't had nearly as much training. You never even wanted to fly. I did it for you. How do I even know if that's true? And even if it is, I never asked you to. You shouldn't have left home. But I've never got into this mess. Well, I'm sorry I complicated your life, Poppet, but you won't have to deal with that much longer. Thomas knew he couldn't keep this up forever. Better pilot or no, a dogfight was a dangerous place to be, and you never knew when a lucky shot would permanently end your time in the skies. All too true, chum. But that meant facing the horrible prospect of shooting down the woman he once loved. And though his resolve had been strong, and he knew what needed to be done. When faced with the immediate prospect, he froze like a deer in headlights, unable to move. I... I, I can't do it. Though we could not see it, dear listeners, I assure you that in the cockpit of her Fock Wolf 190, Nev smirked ever so slightly. Not to worry. I'll make the tough choices for you, Puppet. Just like I used to. Nev's machine gun tore through Tommy's tail, making navigation most difficult. No! No! Damn it! As he spiraled through the sky, fighting to regain control, his life flashed before his eyes. 
he saw his beloved son, Oscar, and the love of his life, his wife, Dixie. Don't you die on me, Tommy. And his dear mother back in Blighty, his childhood home. Back where he first learned of painting, first learned of aeronautics, and first learned of Nev. And so it is, dear listeners, that through the magic of radio and the theater of the mind, that we are able to travel back with Thomas as he re-examines his roots. I hope I can control the plane long enough to hear it all. Me too, friend, or this episode will end most abruptly. Let's listen in as Thomas remembers. And so we travel back to the University of Oxford, where Thomas was enrolled before the war. An institution of higher learning and free thinking, a place where a young man could find himself and his place in this great wide world. <sighs> Sunshine, birdsong, bowl of fresh cherries, and a blank canvas. All a chap needs! Thomas studied art and literature and song and dance and culture. But what fascinated him most was the interplay of color and stroke, canvas and brush. His true love was painting. More blue, little red, some yellow, uh, perhaps some violet. Thomas, a free spirit through and through, enjoyed letting the world decide what he would paint. And so every morning he sat with his canvas and his cherries and waited for life to show him something magical through his dormitory window. This planet is just amazing. You can find beauty in even the most surprising places. You've just got to look. Quite right. It was truly an affair of the heart. But he was soon to discover a love affair of a different sort as a certain slinky, raven-haired enigma sashayed her way past his window. Oh, I know, darling. I'm trying. I'll find a right beautiful one. Don't you worry. Tall, handsome. And when I do, I'm going to hold on to him and never let go. (laughs) But Thomas hadn't heard a word. He stared in open-mouthed wonder at the woman before him, watched as she sat and chatted with her friends, and quickly attacked his canvas with passion. She sat on a grassy hill, her face accentuated by the morning sunlight, her giggle spurring him on. Faster. Must paint faster. Before she's gone. The paint leapt from his palette to the canvas, seemingly of its own volition, the colors mixing into a heady cocktail, almost as powerful as the hormones raging through the young artist. Nearly finished, Thomas got in close to finalize the details. Yes, yes, that's it. Just a little more sunlight on her cheeks. So deep in his concentration, he did not notice when the object of his latest masterpiece spied him from atop her verdant pedestal, excused herself from her gaggle of socialites, and crept over to peer through his window. My, my, you're a busy little poppet, aren't you? Poppet? What? Oh, and such a handsome one at that. (laughs) A girl would be completely and absolutely lucky to be on the arm of such a dapper dandy, wouldn't she? Make all the other ladies jealous. (laughs) Yes, it would. Oh, um, thank you? Yes, thank you. Huh. That seems proper. <laughs> may, may I see? 
See? See see what? Your your masterpiece. Oh, this? No, no, it's 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 no. Um, I'm not very good. Posh, let's have a look. Nev reached through the window and grabbed Thomas's canvas, turning it around so that her eyes were greeted with her own spitting image, staring back at her. My word. <laughs> Have you been spying on me? No, 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 no. Well, yes, but, I mean, I didn't intend to, exactly. You were just sitting across my window and I was looking at... There's no need to apologize, Puppet. Spies are kind of exciting, don't you think? All the intrigue and the subterfuge... I'm and... not really... Uh, listen, I'm sorry about this. I, I didn't mean to offend you. Oh, no offense at all. Can I... May I keep it? Ah, uh, golly, um, if you like. I'm, I'm flattered. Excellent. <laughs> now, um, how about you pick me up for lunch tomorrow? Paper? Pardon? Well, paper... Oh, oh, right. You can collect me at this address. There we go. Oh, and don't come too early. I'm usually late to bed and, of course, <laughs> late to rise and all. Say, what is that good? I, um... I, I, Fantastic. Mm. See you then. And with that, she was gone, taking Thomas's painting with her. She, well, I... Oh, dear me. Thomas spent the better part of the day in a haze, not quite sure what had happened, and not quite sure what tomorrow would bring. That woman is a mystery. Thomas got little sleep that evening, though that wasn't unusual for the sensitive Brit. He passed the hours painting, trying to make sense of the day. And I failed at that endeavor, I can assure you. Arriving at Nev's at precisely 1 p.m. the following day, and for many days, weeks, and months thereafter, their courtship blossomed, though it was very clear who was in control of the situation. Darling Puppet, you look tired. Not getting enough sleep. <sighs> Always up late. You know how it is. Oh, of course I know how it is, darling. Late to bed, late to rise, remember. But even I need my beauty sleep. I, I just can't fall asleep until I'm sure everyone else has. Somebody might need me. <laughs> darling, that's ridiculous. That someone would need me? Well, darling, you're a painter. I mean, what could they need? An emergency smock? A shoulder to lead on? Someone to talk to? Anything, I don't know. You need to spend less time thinking about them and more time thinking about yourself and your future. And us. Us? Well... Where is this going? I, I I thought you enjoy my company. I thought that... I, I know, darling, but a girl needs more than just a good time. I mean, painting is fun, and you're ridiculously talented. I mean, your pictures are just unbelievable, but it's it's not going to provide for the future, for, for me, is it? I, I, I don't know, isn't it? What, what do you want? What do you expect? I need more than just your lovely pictures can provide on their own. Did you have something in mind, perhaps? Well, you know, like, like, like that poster on the wall. That commercial stuff? Yes, yes, it's exactly it. I wouldn't mind doing some, I suppose. If it was for something I really loved. 
I heard this musical group on the radio the other night called the uh, the the Oom Cat Triplets. Uh, they're from America. America? Maybe I could... Darling, what about the work they need right here at home? I mean, these posters here, they're to inspire all who see them. They're everywhere, and surely they must pay well. You mean the posters for the war? But that's propaganda. That's not what art is about. It's Thomas, darling, I have come to expect certain things, a certain way of life. Mummy and Daddy are well off, and you wouldn't expect me to live a life less than what I'm accustomed to, would you? Well, no, I suppose not. I mean, no, of course I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't. Oh, you're such a good chap. And, just in case, I picked up some information for you on the posters, just for you. It's from the RAF. The Royal Air Force? Oh, yes. Your country needs you, Thomas, darling. I'm not sure. I I do despise the Nazis, obviously. Oh, yes, yes, that's very good. The Nazis, yes. We must fight the Nazis. They're evil, horrible, wretched little villains. All. I've never heard you talk about them that way before. I had no idea you felt so strongly about it. They... They are the greatest evil of our time, darling. Yes, the greatest evil. Well, of course, if you think it's best. And so, Thomas abandoned painting that which brought him joy, and instead painted that which the British government would use to influence the populace. And his heart sank, and his spirit broke. But at least... He still had Nev. So, my darling, how is work going? Ah, well enough, I suppose. When did you start drinking? Oh, recently. Yeah, it helps. Recent? Well, with, helps with what? Things. Darling, that's fine. You know, all men of high society enjoy a drink now and then. Hmm. So, darling, I've noticed you've been painting quite a few planes. Well, that's what the RAF is. Planes. Ah, besides, I, I like them, actually. They're beautiful and soaring and free. <laughs> well, yes, well enough on your flights of fancy. <laughs> Look, darling, I've been thinking. You know, the war can't last forever. And those posters won't be needed much longer once this... Oh, Nonsense is over, will they? Nonsense? I I thought you hated the Nazis. Yes, well, of course, of course. You know me. They're the greatest wretched, horrid evil of our time. But I have come to expect a certain level of comfort. I mean, you've provided quite well, but once we're married... Married? Oh, darling, don't worry. I don't mean today or tomorrow. You'll ask me later. But, you know, an artist could never truly provide as needed after the war. Since you're already in Oxford, why don't you just change and study business, or law, or accounting? Well, if you think it's best. Oh, I do, darling. I really, really do. I think it's an absolutely brilliant idea. It's top draw. And Thomas did just that, being a man of his word and wanting to do the right thing for someone that needed him. And he set his own desires aside for Nev, but inside it crushed his spirit. You know, darling, 
I was thinking... Oh, were you now? Well, you've become quite a heavy drinker, darling. I'm fine. Don't you worry. Oh, I wasn't worried. I just, you know, idle chatter. Anyway, all the other girls, we were having a bit of a chat, and all their boyfriends have gone and enlisted to serve in the war. When they return, it will be an absolutely divine, prestigious thing. You know, you can tell your family and your friends that your husband has served. Husband? Oh, darling, don't worry. I know you'll ask me later. But the point is, it would be very nice to be able to keep up with, you know, the girls and tell them that you, too, had served. You want me to enlist? Oh, darling, would you? That would just be smashing. Oh, and then you'll propose and it will be all perfectly in place. You'll graduate next week with your business degree and then everything will be in line for our nuptials and our future. Yeah, perfect. Darling, I have come to expect a certain way of life and you wouldn't want me to have to compromise on that, would you? Compromise? I don't know enough. I'm still a, an artist at heart, I think, and... Oh, darling, that's just that's nonsense. That's the scotch talking. You have got to put all that tomfoolery behind you. It's time to concentrate on more important things and become a man and a provider. But war? Oh, darling, well, what about the RAF? You liked all those little planes and what have you, right? That sounds right up your alley. Flying. Huh. Yes. All that freedom. I think it's best, dear. Once you've passed your tests, Daddy said he could get you a job as an instructor right here in town. No, 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 no. Nazis are the greatest evil of our time. You said. You've always said. Well, darling, I didn't mean. War is horrible. But you're right. This is truly a time to set my own desires aside and serve others. I don't want to instruct. I want to be out there fighting the good fight, and I'll do it right this very instant. Oh, that's the spirit, darling. And just remember that you belong to me, and that I will do anything to get the life we deserve. And with those words echoing in his ears, suddenly the world had come back into focus. <sighs> she used me. She never once cared about me. Beyond what I could do for her, anyway. Guilty as charged. You almost made it too easy. You really would do anything to get what you want, wouldn't you? I would and I did, darling. I was going to bring you home as a huge trophy. A wonderful hero. Think of what the neighbours would say. But then you betrayed me. You left me for another woman. You know how the girls back in Blightly gossip, and I just can't have that. <sighs> but, shut down in the line of duty, of course you'll be an even bigger hero. And my hero, think of all the concern they'd show the grief-stricken, almost widow, of the wayward hero pilot. Not too far away, Dixie spotted Thomas's plane, spiraling out of control and all thoughts of the beast immediately flew from her mind. Tommy! You lied to me, over and over again. Everything I did was for you. 
everything you did was for yourself. You made me change who I was. Made me change what I believed. I gave up everything for you. And then you gave up on me. <laughs> you, you joined the Nazis. Do you know what they've done? What you've been party to? I only paid attention to my mission. With anger coursing through his body, Thomas channeled it into his fight with the controls and was able to momentarily level his plane. Valiant effort, Thomas, darling. But you'll never get a shot. I won't need to. Oh, really? Is that so? You were right about one thing, Nev. And what was that? Nazis are the greatest evil of our time. And you're a Nazi. Demolishment. This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. I shot down two craft in as many episodes. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. You go get him, Dex. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. I'm going to boycott this show. Who's with me? Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. You can't do that. Uncat Industries sponsors this show. And your point is? Who do you think signs our paychecks? Pete Mylin as Freudenberg. No, 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 no. Freudenberg most certainly does not sign the paychecks. Scott Vinicombe as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. I could sign them. Maybe I should try to buy out Uncat. Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson presents the Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Any takers? Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. I don't think even you could buy out Umket, Pops. You only got peach money. Umket's got nation-building money. Everyone loves peach money. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Peach money does sound delicious. But I'll stick with my morning bowl of cherries. I'm sorry Nev deceived you, Tommy. It's not your fault, Dixie. I can't believe she was evil all this time. Well, okay, I kind of can, actually. I was just making conversation. Well, the good news is, whatever damage she might have done was all undone by you. Don't you go all soft on me now. Perry Whittle as Benedict Derichenko. I am glad she's gone. Nazi or no, she had a blackness in her heart, and we are better for her departure. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. But is she really gone? You can never be sure of anything with that one. Catherine Pride as Brenny. Sing it, sister! She assumed control of Zeta Squad. I never authorized that. Justin Dobby as Volker. That's right. We're going to come and show that dead body who's boss. You're coming to America? Did I say that? Volker, you've given everything away! Well, not everything. I didn't tell him about the reserve of... <sighs> damn it, damn it, damn it! Mike Winters as Redolf Pelzer. <laughs> we are going to kill the Russian like things which kill. Something that dies, then you stab it! Era Pelodi as Ursula Unger. Yeah, okay. Let me just stop you right there. I thought you'd never jump in! You can stop on your own, you know. It is a sickness. David Alexander McDonald as Walter Falkenstein. I like sickness. Wait, 
No, I don't. Yeah, sickness on cheese. Those two, I do not like. M. Sierra Garcia as Nev. Silence? Does that mean she's really gone? Or does she just want us to think she's really gone? Ugh, the mind games. Even in death. Possible death. <laughs> she won't stop. Kristen Bays as the Umket Triplets. Well, I think she's dead. Well, I think she's faking. Well, I think she's... undead? Being contrary sometimes is really difficult. Bill Young as the Amazing Noel. Being contrary is often quite difficult. It's true. Gotta be me. M. Sierra Garcia as Misfortune Divine. Using finger scoop is tasty. Ryan Pickens as Robot 153. Finger scoop? Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. And you wonder why I hate humans. <laughs> You're green. Ow, my highly educated, very smart robot brain. Burr-cat. And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Miss Fortune's gone off the deep end. In a pool of Margem. Do we be worried that that's the most lucid thing she said in the last hour? Probably. This is Seth Adams Sure. Stay tuned next time as the aerial war is grounded only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Brought to you tonight by Umket Marjum. Now with Color Burkett Technology. And remember... Sometimes babies don't like it when you poke them with sticks. I couldn't have said it better myself. Stay safe, America, and uh, somebody finds a bucket. <laughs> Do you know what that rhymes with? F this production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Schur, assistant director Jim Hamilton. Umkit Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2009, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.